Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. We got a big idiot today. It's a big, it's a big show. It's yeah. one of our favorite shows. I got my liquor here, you, um, and I got my friend Cameron here. Yeah. Das. And we had homework this week. We did. So, uh, if if anyone didn't listen last week, uh, Chad was tasked with installing Fortnite and getting to level 20. So, Chad, did you do that? No, I didn't. I installed Fortnite. I played four games. Someone called me the F-slur, and then I, I, I cried and, and left. Okay. I, I, could, I know you're lying because there's no voice chat on by default. God, how did, how did, how did you know? Because I, I play Fortnite, and I'm aware of that. I thought this was really plausible. Is there no typing? Um, no, it's default off because it's a it's a children play that game and they actually like care about their business, so they're protecting themselves. Oh, like we're okay. So okay, joking aside, a couple months ago we were talking about Roblox, and you brought up the point of it's kind of weird when adults like invade kids' space. Yeah, and uh, this was after the that episode. Um, somebody that I know on Twitter asked me to join their Discord. I'm like, okay, whatever. I join, and they have a gaming channel, and in the gaming channel, they're just always playing Roblox. And it's like, I know these people are adults. And the conversation in their channel was always like, oh, here's this game, this is really good, and it's like a Call of Duty Roblox game or whatever. And they'll be on voice chat for, like, hours playing. But they'll complain that there's too many kids on Roblox. And I thought that was, like, a joke, but they keep saying it. I don't think it's a joke anymore. I think they actually feel that way. That is really weird, right? I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how to process that other than to say like that is really weird. It's really weird. There's um, there's a concert venue in Lacrosse called the Warehouse. That if you want to go and see like rock music or like like metal music and hardcore and punk and stuff, it's probably gonna be there. But it's an all ages show and it's really popular with people like in high school. So it's it's. It, it gets a it's a weird range of like kids and then college kids and then the occasional adult who's like I'm here for the music I can't drink here this sucks and I had someone at work be like hey there's some really cool bands playing this weekend I'm gonna go if you wanted to and if he had asked me like a couple days ago I'd probably be like yeah let's do it because I'll mentally prepare for being in front of other human beings but I, I don't want to do that on Friday I want to drink with my cat. But also, I don't really want to go to that venue as a 34-year-old human being when it's going to be filled with people like 12 to 18 is the, the probably the median range. And then after that is going to be like 19 to 25. And then there's going to be me in the back being like, boy, this glass of water sure is swell. Point being, it's weird to invade kids' spaces as an adult. It should make you feel weird. I feel that way. That being said, think, they do get um, some decent death metal there. I have a feeling at some point I'll be like, I really want to see a death metal show. There's bars around the entire block. I can pick one in pregame. <laughs> It'll be fine. But then that's weird. I don't want to be that 34-year-old guy who's drunk off his ass in front of 16-year-olds. That's so wrong. That's not cool at all. And I mean, like, and here's, here's the other thing, too. Like, I, this is what I want to do is um like bring a water bottle but like i'm gonna say water with quotation marks uh-huh i don't know anything about the venue I've, I've literally never been there i just remember when i was in high school it was like a lot of all the people that were friends with not me would go to there and listen to music 
It's been around forever. I think it's um, it's funny because uh, I feel like I should feel that at Disneyland, but kids don't go to Disneyland anymore. That does seem to be the vibe. And then Star Wars Land is too expensive for kids. Out, like on purpose. <laughs> I feel like a lot of those like amusement parks. It just seems like the uh, if you're you're appealing to people with the spending money. So either you have parents with money or you have uh, single adults who are really uh, fond of the things that they enjoyed when they were a child and want to experience this. And, and I don't know how you balance appealing to those things, but it's getting more and more expensive to live. So I'm guessing they're appealing to more and more single adults who want to relive their childhood instead of families of four. Pretty much. But the little fuckers can just play Roblox with all the adults. I tried to bring it around, Cameron. Tried to bring it back. Uh, no, you did. I'm trying to think of a good segue, and I can't. Vroom, vroom. Hey, do you want to talk about Music Club? Beep, beep. I do. Hell yeah. Watch out for the forklift, kids, because we got some big albums coming in. Oh, no. Here comes a ramp, and, and our our car has a Confederate flag on the top of it. And it looks like those opinion boys have got themselves in some trouble. Maybe they can uh, review some tunes. My favorite thing about that is like, oh, I get that reference because I watch, uh, you know, the channel with with Mash and Andy Griffith show on it. Don't know how many other people do. That's an old show, Cameron. I, you know, if if you don't understand that reference, then I feel ill. Fair. I mean, that show is way before our time. The show was. I never watched it. I've never seen it either. It's a timeless reference because it gets like parodied and like carry. I mean, like if you watch The Simpsons at any point, you probably get the reference. Okay, that's fair. I don't watch The Simpsons, Cameron. I, I, I hate you. I know. Why don't you watch The Simpsons? I'm always quoting The Simpsons all the time, and you just kind of stare at me like I'm quoting The Simpsons. I think, boy, that guy sure is quoting a thing I've never seen. He's doing it real well, though. I sure am. Uh, so, I, I we picked some albums. Yeah. Um, I want to say we picked a little more mainstream than we normally skew. Yes. So that's kind of the theme, I guess. Um, which should we do first? Do you want to go first? Yeah, let's go. Let's go uh, Halsey first, because my pick was Halsey, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, which is her newest album, as far as I'm aware. Came out, I want to say, two years ago. It was a departure from her sound. Uh, she's never been, like, the most traditional pop-sounding act. She's always been a little, like, dark and experimental in terms of, like, just sonically and the tone, lyrics, stuff like that. But in this album, she teamed up with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, and they made something... A good for a little further out of her wheelhouse, uh, I think, was a great decision because this album to me it sounds really unique. It's really interesting. I, I there's a lot I really love about it. Uh, I had a, a blast listening to it last night with my really good headphones and just be like, oh my fucking god, the production on this album is so good. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed it because I was excited to share it with you. Um, so th- listening to this album. It would be hypocritical of me to say I don't like pop music. Uh, but that being said, this felt like I was listening to every bumper sticker I see when I'm in traffic. Huh. 
Does that make sense? Like, I, I just, I was getting nothing out of it. Really? <laughs> so, okay, so I want to talk a bit. So, Halsey, uh, man, her voice, uh, that's a beautiful voice. The The production value is there. Um, the sound is good. But I every single track, I feel like if we go to a nightclub in VR chat and that's playing, I'm not surprised. And it's like, it doesn't even matter what the words are. I wish this and was playing the melody. Chat more. Like, like, uh, like you know, five minutes after I listened to a song, I could not tell you what the melody was. Really, I think some of these are really catchy. I liked a couple of them more than others, but like the album as a whole, it kind of melted a little bit. It has a very, I would and, say, cohesive sound. You could say that, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, but I also like. I almost feel like I need another week with it to like sit down and write more notes intently because it's like, I don't have anything like I, I didn't, I didn't come out of this going like, Oh man, I want to talk about that part. And I want to talk about that part. I think I have like a couple standout songs. I, I have a, I have a thousand words of notes that I wrote on this. Oh, good. I mean, I, I was hoping you did because otherwise it would just be this like awkward thing where it's like, I like the album. Why don't? And then we'd sit here. I, I do have the benefit of I've owned this album for a long time. I've listened to it a lot. It was the year it came out, my number three pick on my top 10. So like, I really like this album. It, it had been a while since I had listened to it. And then I've never listened to it with um, my, my Sennheisers, my, my mixing headphones. And so that was, that was really fun because the, uh, the production in the low end, especially on this album, does a lot of heavy lifting. And it's stuff that I don't hear if I'm using my Apple earbuds or even a lot of uh, computer speakers because they just oh, don't have that you know, balance. That is, um, that's very much true because I did, I, I listened with better headphones and it did sound good. I was doing my second listen through uh, in my car and half the songs I couldn't hear. It was like, it was like, what is this? And it was like, it, it, it made it difficult. I had to like not listen to it um, until I had access to a better sound system. Yeah, there's it was there's practically a, like different. There's a, a couple songs, especially where like the progression of them is that she starts really underneath the mix, and then like as the song goes on, she gets louder and louder in it. And so there's a lot of this back and forth where like the song is almost trying to like bury her. And I think from a, a stylistic and like storytelling perspective, it's really really cool because it, it just like adds to the uh, to the tension and the in the atmosphere of what is going on. But if you don't have, depending on what you're listening to, you're going to not get it. And the songs might not sound as good. It is a really interesting kind of mastering job in that regard. And going back to her voice, um, like her voice is really an effective instrument in these. So playing with it in that way, I think, does make sense and it complements it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of... It's a, it's very atmospheric, and so that's another one of those things too. Where um, her other music is a lot more pop forward. Uh, this is a, a bigger step back, and that's kind of been an interesting, um, I don't know, direction in other pop acts uh, on right now. Like Kesha's new album that came out this year is really like dissonant and weird and stripped back, and it's it's not like a sound you expect out of her. This felt a little more natural in terms of progression. But even then, like going from this to basically anything on Manic, which is the previous album, you're just like, oh, this is really different. 
There's no really like fun driving pop hits. There's one or two that kind of scratch that itch, but uh, most of them don't. Like Girl is a Gun kind of does. Uh, there's there's definitely that vibe, but then structurally that song is really weird because it's short, and I think the chorus only repeats twice, and so it doesn't have that like thing that drives home the hook because it's not there. It's just not not around long enough for it. see here is that it oh you know the other thing i wanted to say i feel like it was uh maybe front loaded a little better like the first half was better than the second half um i think once you get the uh, all the songs to darling because darling is one of my favorites on here just because lyrically i think it is it is really gorgeous uh that's true and then honey's fun but I do think like whispers and maybe eleven twenty one kind of um, don't do as much for me. I do think um, I'm not a woman. I'm a god is uh, fantastic, and I think the lighthouse is fantastic. And then the final song feels too much like an epilogue, where I think if you got rid of it, you wouldn't lose anything on the album. Not that I don't like it, but just like looking at it as a, a complete like narrative or a complete package, it it's not as necessary. And then the way the lighthouse ends is so. Um, kind of like spacey and atmospheric that it just feels like that should have been the last song to my ear. But I do think I think two of the the, the final songs in the in those last three are, are some of the best on the album, and and a lot of it is vibes and uh, lyrics and just kind of this intensity that this album has. You know what? I think um, I'm I'm remembering it wrong, and I thought Lighthouse and uh yeah bernie were the same song because it's it does kind of like it goes out in this weird whimper way where i like lighthouse does kind of conclude and then it just sort of like feels like it meanders for another three minutes yeah i do think one of the real standouts of this album are are the the, the vocals but also the lyrics the problem is is if if your sound system isn't conducive to the mix she can be really hard to hear at times and so then you're you're not getting the very fun, dark poetry that twists and turns and the neat, like, plays on language. So that that sucks if you miss that, because it is, to me, a, a highlight. I think there's a really wonderful, like, seething kind of smoldering anger in a lot of these songs that I really like. And then there's other books that are, like, really delicate and beautiful and, and very counter. There's a good balance of, of salty and sweet on this album, both in... in atmosphere and sound production and uh just there's kind of this roller coaster but i feel like you have to listen to it a handful of times to really get it it just because you're otherwise it, it does feel like it drones a bit and i know that's sort of the nine inch nails going on inside so that's intentional um yeah i, I didn't really think about that until you brought it up where it's like well yeah if you listen to this album like four or five times and then it really clicks you're like fuck this is great but if you only listen to it twice as homework for an, a podcast episode, you might not pick up on some of the uh, intricacies of what is going on. And that's what I meant, too, when I did say, like, if I could give it another week, I might have more to say. It, it, I'm not writing this off, you know, but it does like uh, use the word droning. I think that's a good way to put it, because there is um, the, the lyrics are thoughtful. There is uh, like feeling and 
uh, composition put into everything that it you know each song tells its own little story and it's like that stuff is there and I see it but it kind of feels like when you go to an art museum and you can tell what the artist is trying to say I I don't know that you know I'm not feeling anything but I get it yeah like I you know it's not bad I get it but it's not like touching me okay. Um, I want to pick out if I could pick one song that I want to keep. Uh, it's "Girl Is a Gun." Yeah, that's a great one. I feel like that one in particular has a lot of personality in it. I really like the um, and it, it has that kind of vibe where like it's very singable. It's kind of catchy, but then a lot of the words are are very dark. I know My Chemical Romance. Like I always associate them with that because they do that just really, really well. That idea of like, yeah. hey, we can if we're if we sing. Really, really dark stuff in a way that's an earworm. It feels like a pop song until you start thinking about the lyrics. And be like, oh shit, this this lady is sad. <laughs> I think my one of my standout songs is definitely "Darling," though. Just the um, the up. the uh, conversation she's having because she had a daughter when she was working on this, and so that song is is her singing to her daughter and kind of like there's this weird reflection about her own like. Uh, place in the world and how and her mental problems and how she's just all over the place uh you know touring and 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 recording and it's like where do i belong and then it's like but she sees her daughter and is like well i belong in your dreams I'll, I'll see you there if nothing else i'll always be there i think it's so pretty like i remember the, the first time i had heard that song like, i was like non-stop i was like just the like, music chills i was like i cannot fucking believe how well crafted and gorgeous this song is it's very pretty, um, and I feel like it's the kind of song that will play during the credits of a movie, where it's like, hey, we licensed that Halsey song, darling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Where it's like, our movie's about being sad and a mother. I Oh, you know what would be perfect? We'll throw this in the credits, and it would be like the highlight of the movie. It's like, oh, they got that one song in. That's cool. Yeah. Suck it, Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you see Guardians 3? Not yet. I'm curious on your opinion of the soundtrack. Um, I have a feeling when, when it gets on Disney+, Plus, maybe I'll rewatch all three in a row and try to get excited for it, because it's been so long that I'm just kind of not. But I've heard it's I've heard it's good from quite a few people now, so that's that's interesting. I didn't I guess Make I didn't sure expect it to. Make sure you watch the Christmas special. I did not watch the Christmas special. Make sure you do. Okay. I don't want to, but I will. I, I no, I think honestly, I think you'll appreciate it. I, I'm not just saying that. Okay, okay. But it's also annoying how it's like built into the canon of the story. Like it, it almost feels like deleted scenes from three. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> um. Okay, so Halsey, what else? Uh, what what else would you like to bring up here? Um, I want to talk about how awesome the piano sounds in all of the songs. There's piano. It's yeah, so piano is very strong. It's it's just so big and warm and thick. Like the low end chords are so huge. I don't know how they produced it, but awesome, just so good. And it's another one of those things where when I listen to it on shitty headphones, I don't get that. Listening to this last night was very. It was like re-experiencing this album for the first time, but with context. And like it, it, that could have been my glad space. I had so much fun listening to this album, and I was like sitting on the floor playing with my cat. And then every once in a while, I'd come and type a note, and I go back to you know wrestling my cat. And it was just such a 
It was such a good 45 minutes. I do think uh, The Lighthouse, I'm really tempted to do a vocal cover of that song. And I was kind of fucking with it today when I was practicing, just as something to practice to. Um, I love... I love the vibe to it. I love the drone. I love like there's an element to it that it that if this had like guitar in it, it would be a really cool metal song. Just the way it's structured and the uh, the lyrics are, are really fun. The uh, the patterns to it are really fun, but require a lot of breath support to do properly because she doesn't take a whole lot of breaths in this song. But there, there's just something about I that one. I can see that though. Like like you you could play with Lighthouse for sure. I would love to see a Chad Lighthouse. I was watching her perform it live today, trying to figure out where she pauses and sneaks in breaths and, and whatnot. And there's certain words she drops uh, to do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, so there's some st- strategy here that I could pick up and do. So I, I am a little tempted. I think I think it would be fun. I, I know the one complaint I've heard about this album, I don't know if I agree with it, but I'm curious if you do, is that it feels like it it's building to something but never pays off. Hmm, I don't know that that's a complaint. I feel like that's kind of the point. I think so too. Like it isn't isn't the thesis in the title like you know there's something that she can't have and there's something that she wants. Like isn't that kind of the that's the feeling that is being captured in almost all of these songs, isn't it? I I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I I get like some of these songs feel like they're building to like a big chorus or a big pop element and then it just never happens. But it, it does feel very on purpose. And then I, I do think the way the, the just the song order, you kind of naturally get, you know, there'll, there'll be something really dark and slow and somber and then something a little poppier afterwards. And so you kind of get the payoff. It just comes in a different song. And I don't know. I mean, as someone who listens to like a lot of atmospheric black metal, like the whole vibe of that shit is that it's just kind of one mode the whole time. And if you like it, you're enjoying it for the whole time. And if you don't like it, you want, you listen to something else. But I mean, lighthouse is pretty. I, I just, I really wish that I, uh, started this like sooner and like dedicated a lot more time to it. Cause I feel like I'm not bringing a whole lot to the conversation. That's okay. Um, now, Halsey, I'm not familiar with her work, but she has that pop quality and she seems popular enough where it's like, I bet I've heard these songs somewhere before. And this whole album, like it sounded vaguely familiar, right? And so I was trying to figure out, like, was she on an episode of The Simpsons? Is that what I'm thinking of? Was she on Family Guy? Like, I know I've heard some of these songs. Is it just at the gas station? Like, what is it? Um, And, you know, it's like, I, I just could not figure out what I was uh, remembering. And then just now before the show, I was bringing up the album and I did a search for Halsey. And the first result was the Diablo 4 soundtrack. Oh, shit. Is she in a Diablo song? She did a music video with the song Lilith, since Lilith is the boss of Diablo 4. Which from this album, of course. Okay. Yeah, but it's featuring someone, too. Um... But then, like, this wasn't it. I hadn't seen this before. This was new to me. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Like, I, but where did I hear this song before? And then it was actually six months ago at the Game Awards. She performed this live on stage in front of a cult. Oh, wow. 
And I remember listening to this because I was watching the Game Awards. And it was kind of like I watched the first uh, 30 seconds and then I kind of tabbed out. And then when the song was over, I couldn't remember the song. Okay. And it was like a forgettable footnote that I don't think I even brought up on the podcast when I talked about game news. Which is funny because I would have latched onto that fucker so hard. Be like, I have to go listen to I, this. Yeah, if I if I brought this up, you could have told me all about Halsey. I think um a, a more introductory song for either you or listeners who who have somehow missed her music because she is quite popular. Uh, the song Graveyard, which is um I think the big hit off of Manic, the previous album, has sixty three million views, so it it uh, did well. But this this is a lot more quintessential oh. to her. Also, she was on Scooby-Doo once. Um, she also has a song called so Nightmare. Graveyard. That's really good. Um, Graveyard sounds familiar. I wonder if this I might have heard before. I almost karaoke'd this once in VR chat when we were drinking, and then I was like, wait, I definitely don't know this song well enough to do that, because it's actually vocally really complicated. Not, yeah. not so much the verses, but the chorus. It. And what was that other one you mentioned? Um, uh, Nightmare. Nightmare. Which, uh, th- Nightmare is the first song I heard by Halsey. Wow, 138 million views. I don't think it's tied to any of her albums. I think it just kind of, like, came out between them because she made it and was bored. Um, but it has a really, like, hard rock vibe to the chorus, especially. She throws a lot of rasp on her voice. And it's awesome. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this? This is so good. And I was like, oh, is there any albums with the song on it? Oh, no, it, it's just a random single. That sucks. Oh, but she's got stuff coming out in a year and a half. I'm excited now. And so then I started, you know, paying attention to her. Yeah, and really, she does have this great voice. Like, I, you know, Nightmare seems good, too. I guess I should have had you listen to Manic. I was like, I bet Cameron will appreciate the the weirder album because it's, you know, off the beaten path. But well, I, I, I didn't think about this very I, well. I feel... <laughs> Your logic's not flawed. It just it didn't connect with me. I'm not sure why. It's funny in a, in a Discord I'm in. I was um I was getting ready to listen to this album uh, and take notes, and then a death metal album I was really excited for came out, and I was like, shit. I wanted to listen to this, but I got to listen to Halsey. And someone's like, well, Halsey's better than like all the death metal, so you know, good choice. And I was like, whoa, don't let's not get hasty here. I like Halsey a lot, but we're we're not gonna play this and. And she kept kind of going, and I was, like, really in no mood for it. And then in a different part of the Discord, she was complaining how, for some reason, she doesn't have very many friends. And it's like, well, maybe it's because you're, you're kind of abrasive about what other people like. I don't get along with anybody. That's the spirit. I don't know if I have much more to say other than just, like, reading all of my notes, which would take a while and I'm not going to do. Um... So we don't have to do that. I'm out of liquor. If you want me to go grab a little bit more and then we can start on your pick. Yeah, um, I guess closing her mercs, um, I like her big old titty on the cover. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Okie dokie, I am back. I'm back. Did you get more liquor too? 
No, but I was just daydreaming. I was miles away. Oh, well, I hope you had a good trip. So, um, my pick was uh, Daft Punk Random Access Memories. Oh my gosh, someone's... That's not important. Don't ping me. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Random Access Memories. Um, the, I, I'm sorry, the Warcraft Guild, they, they uh, promoted me to like a more management level. Oh, cool. And so when I see a ping, I assume that like someone stole all the gold out of the bank or someone's posting child pornography in the Discord and have to delete it. And it's like, oh no, it wasn't those things. You just thought that picture was funny. Thank you. I heard a crack of a, of a clunk of a bottle. Do you want more management stuff? And like, like video games to me are fun, and like managing a guild sounds not fun. But I guess some people must find it fun. I so it's not my it's not my highest priority. It's just that while you were gone, I checked the Discord and I see all these red marks. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So it's like, well, I'm not doing anything. I may as well check these. Um, but that's gone. That's over. So Daft Punk, ah, uh, boy. I don't remember um, how much I said last week. I feel like Daft Punk isn't necessarily my thing, except like the I like the Tron soundtrack they did, and I love this album, and that's like what half their work. Yeah. So I guess I like Daft Punk. <laughs> Honestly, I, that's such a weird way for you to phrase this, because like as soon as I got through like the second song, and I was like, oh yeah, I I can tell Cameron likes this. This is like his shit from top to bottom. I, well, I think that their first album was actually really, really basic. It like everything leaned heavily into like repetition, and it just worked really good in a club setting. Okay, but it wasn't like deep and listenable. I think their second album it had some more like thoughtful songs put into it, and their production value was great. Um, but it wasn't like a message or anything is as much as just like, you know, Hey, let's all be nice. Sure. Hey, let's all be cool. And that was like the thesis of the album. It's like, whatever, like, it's fine. If again, if it's playing, I'm not going to turn it off. I feel like there's two songs. There's a harder, better, faster, stronger. And that works more as an ingredient in other people's remixes. Yeah. And then there's, uh, one more time. Which is about 18 minutes too long. Have I heard that song? I feel like I have, but I cannot. That's the one where it's like, you know, one more time. Okay, I think I recognize this. One more time for like three hours. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. The production value's there, but, you know, I didn't find it terribly inspiring. And even in Random Access Memories, there's some repetition we'll get to later. Yeah. But I feel like it works. <laughs> like, it, it's a, it's balanced correctly, I'm going to say. I would agree with that. Um, so I guess I, I'm curious. Uh, I, I want to ask you what your overall, like, vibe was since you listened to it. This is kind of the first time you've listened to it, like, beginning to end, right? Yeah. Um, um, so I, before, I just want to say the reason I got this album, um, this is before I started listening to music and I think they were talking about it on mega 64 because Rocco was super excited that a new Daft Punk album was coming out and it was like big news cause they don't release often. And so it's like, Oh, this new one's so good. 
And Rocco brought up the bad reviews it's getting. And the bad reviews were saying it's like the album doesn't know if it wants to be uh, EDM or if it wants to be a sad robot opera. And it keeps going back and forth between the two. And Rocco was like, yeah, that's what makes it great. And that like the uh, the, the description of sad robot opera was like, oh, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. I do think that's a I mean, that is a valid complaint with it. I remember when totally. I was listening to Get Lucky <laughs> for the first time coming after the song Touch, which I believe is like this eight-minute song. Was that one of the eight minutes? I know there's two songs on here that are eight minutes long, and you're like, Jesus, there's a lot yeah. going on here. Um, <laughs> and then so you go from this like really sad robot who's like incapable of touch, and then you get Pharrell on Get Lucky, and it's a really sexy funk song. And you're like, well, this is this is starkly different than what came before it. So, yeah, I, I'm curious, um, what is your take now that you've successfully put up with all of their nonsense? Um, I generally really like this. It was fun. I do. Th- I think it's maybe a couple songs too long. Like this album is like, I think like an hour and eight minutes or something. And it's like, OK, we could we could lose two. And I think we'd be a little more reasonable. But on the whole, the the soundscape here is really, really diverse. Um but it, it meshes really well. Like there's these really creative blends of like jazz and um, old school pop, but then like really futuristic sounding sense um, stuff that kind of sounds like video game music. And the thesis to me is in the third song with uh, Giorgio talking about wanting to combine all of these things into his own music and be really future looking. And he, you know, he just, he was experimenting and he had all these crazy ideas and uh this song this album is basically like hey let's take this guy's ideas and do it too i'm assuming giorgio is not a member of the band he sounded more like a older musician philosopher kind of person that they sampled you know something from an interview um well actually i i uh i think so but i think they you know, I, I probably should have done research. I think they actually did work with him on it, though. Okay. So it's not just his interview. It's also a touch of him. But I don't know. That, that's the other thing is that Def Punk, um, they're very secretive anyways, which I think adds to the charm because I almost don't want to know too much about these. I just want them to be. Sure. Uh, Giorgio, it, that, that might be my favorite track. Because it does such interesting things, especially again if you're listening with like good speakers, and it's just inspiring. I can't think of anything more pretentious and obnoxious than listening to like a documentary interview about how great art is in the middle of your like music CD. This is the first time it's ever like felt appropriate. Yeah, it it's kind of funny because it really feels like they're like, okay, your two songs in. We're, we're playing with some weird sounds, some weird shit. We got a sad robot. We should maybe explain to the layperson what we're doing. Uh, so if you get lost or confused, you can go back to song number three, and the nice man can be like, no, this is the point of this album. But he's going to say it in a way that isn't patronizing. Yeah, it's just genuinely inspiring. And then also listening to this weird, uh, like the song is formed while he talks. And he talks about points and they illustrate it. And it's like a very uh, metatextual discussion 
happening yeah. while you're listening to this new, very interesting sound. And it's so neat. Like the 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 key melody is interesting. Um it's like that but then it like works on the violins and it pairs everything so lovely. It's not just weird and experimental, it's actually a good result. And yeah. it's a finished product in the end. And it's like, oh, <laughs> normally the experimental ones are like weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah, I'm outside the box. That's why my feet are dirty. Like, okay. I feel like um, that song in particular, it, it just goes into a lot of different places. It moves around so much and, and just like energy intensity and soundscape. And so it's one of those like really long eight minute songs, but it doesn't really feel eight minutes because it's always doing something new. Um, and then when there's a callback, the callback is just like, oh, that's refreshing. We haven't heard that in a while. I'm kind of excited to hear this again because it was good. And so the the two eight-minute songs on this album are probably some of my favorite songs on it just because I think they're really, really good examples of like how to, to compose a long song. There is certainly an art to it. One of the things that I, I kept coming back to in my notes is that some of the... Um, the riffs and melodies that they, they had going on reminded me of like video game music and not just like, like, like specific like eras of it, like G- Genesis and SNES music. Um, so I brought up Sonic once or twice. I was like, this feels like it could be in a Sonic, so- you know, video game somewhere. Oh, uh, you know, I think you're onto something with that. Yeah. Like the game of love. I, 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 that was one of the things where I was like, oh, this is like a mix of chill beats to study to. And then Sonic. And then there's vocals on top of that, which kind of are out of place. But then they're so vocoded and robotic that it's like, well, no, they're just like another instrument. And so it's like really three different weird things stacked on top of each other. And I kept using the word gimmicky, but it's like, it's gimmicky, but it works. Like, it's gimmicky, but it's not annoying. Okay. Um, so I did a quick search after you said that. And I found someone did uh, a bunch of Daft Punk songs, but using the Sega Genesis sound font. Oh, nice. And so he listen to Get Lucky for a couple notes here. Waiting for it to load. I feel like Steam is not great about sending YouTube links. Yeah. Open up, please. There we go. Look at you, YouTube, doing your thing. Yeah. This is cool. But you're totally right. This could just be a Sonic soundtrack. I think, too, there's a lot of, like, visuals in the music. The, the the soundscapes they're using and some of, like, maybe just the patterns and things, like, are so evocative to video games and movies and, uh, I don't know, like, cities and things like that, where there's so many songs where, like, this kind of just reminds me of, like, being in a place or watching this. And so there's a visual element going on that I thought was really... I don't know if it was on purpose or just kind of a happy accident, but given how well-crafted most of this is, I'm guessing it was intentional. Oh, I'm sure. I, I think that's why it takes so long, is that they have to be happy with it. Yeah. Um. So talking about... Let, let's look at the, the more basic, just, like, dance songs. I'm almost surprised that Get Lucky got a lot more popular than Lose Yourself to Dance. Because I think I prefer that one. I think so too. Lose Yourself to Dance reminded me of like John Mayer and how he plays guitar. I, I like John Mayer well enough, so like that's a compliment. Um, but there, there's something to that song that is so, I don't know, it really worked better. I didn't have a lot to say about it, 
but it was funky. It was it was neat. It had cool like vibes, but it was dancey as well. So it had that mix of like, hey, there's like a lot of atmosphere and uh, emotion in here, but I can also dance to it. And then Get Lucky really, I don't know if it's just where it's placed, but that, that song is really jarring when it comes on. <laughs> but it, yeah, so it, it comes up um, right after Touch, which um, I think Touch, I, I, so I guess I don't want to say too much, right? Um, but sincerely, like when I'm feeling suicidal, I listen to that song. I feel like there's, um, there's a character in the robot that he, when, when the robot is singing and there's this really heavy vocoder on the voice, you're like, oh, wow, this is an interesting touch. Like, this is an interesting uh, decision to do, but it works. And then the song touch comes on and we got the robot back, but they dial the vocoder back a lot more. And so there's almost like, it's almost like a regular person singing and we really get a view of what the robot feels without this kind of mask of production and this mask of the fact. And it's like, no, he's not a robot right now. He's a, he's a, he's a person and he is sad because he's not a person. And so there's a, you know, this storytelling kind of element that goes on through this album and it's in these really subtle, uh, production decisions, which is really cool. And then Pharrell is just like, I'm sexy. Let's get lucky. And it's like, no, no, Go back to the sad robot. <laughs> He's more engaging. Are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I can hear you. Okay, you, you were like offline and the call ended. Oh, weird. And now it's now it's ringing at me. Oh, it stopped. Okay. Can you hear me? That. Yeah, okay. So, uh, behind the scenes, we went to Steam because this would be like, it, it had less lag, but I feel like Steam's creating more issues than Discord was. It kind of feels like that sometimes. How dare you, Steam? <laughs> Maybe we'll just try Discord next week. I don't. So I don't know when. Um, when did I cut off? Um, I don't know. I was talking the whole time about how I really like the song "Touch" and all of the uh, the production stuff in it. Okay, so yeah, I so, um, "Touch." It's like when I'm feeling suicidal, I listen to "Touch." Yep, that's yeah. Which is I get, I'm sorry. <laughs> I get lost in the chorus at the end. When it says, like, um, when love is the answer you want, hold on, like, on loop. And the the soundscape that they do there, like, I don't know exactly how the production side of it works, but it's just so interesting. And they're just, like, I just don't get tired of hearing it. I don't know why. So then hopping back to get lucky, like you're saying, it's like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... The other song I really like is Instant Crush. I feel like there's a lot of very uh, fun covers of it. I like the the one on the album, too, but uh, that seems to be a fun like karaoke song that people want to get in on. Yeah, that, that was another one, too, that I feel like the way it showed up was nice because it's like a lot more normal. And so it gives you a bit of a break from the strange kind of robot sad mm-hmm. dystopia. And you're like, hey, here's something very that much. you can relate to. I'm not sure. I I feel like uh, this is an album that I usually recommend to people, even though it's weird, because like the because there's random stuff on here, they'll probably walk away with the one song they like at least. I don't know. I mean, the, you know? this won a Grammy. Like this beat Taylor Swift at the Grammys the year it came out. You, you say that like Taylor Swift is a big deal. This is Daft Punk. 
Sir, how dare you say something so insulting to me? Which one is Taylor Swift? Does she have a, a hat? Is she the one with the hat? No, she's the one that um makes a shitload of money. Well, she's pretty good. Yeah. I gotta say. In fact, she's probably um doing it right. That's a song from Daft Punk album. Oh, okay. I was like, that's not a Taylor Swift song. What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> I bet she's Lilith featuring Diablo 4. There we go. Um, Do you have any other closing comments on Random Access Memories? Uh, the song Fragments of Time is really fucking awesome. There's, a, there's like a digital saxophone solo in it, and it sounds amazing. And there's so, it, it's another song with a lot of weird like sound mashups. It's really like funky and jazzy and then really poppy and then really like electronic. And then you get this freaking saxophone like also I think ran through a vocoder and it's like, oh, this fucking rocks. This is so cool. And, you know, this is also one of those where uh, like this album, I can throw it on and paint for the length of the album. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I, I feel like I have to track this down on vinyl. I don't have a lot of vinyls, but this this uh this is a very good album. I, I just don't know how they even. I, I feel like this is one of those where they release it and then collectors buy it up. And it's like I just want one. I really enjoyed my time with it, though. I wasn't sure what to expect. One of the reasons I never really listened to it um is because like I'm like no, I'm I like Red. I wish Red had won the Grammy. And then I go back to listen to Red by Taylor Swift. I'm like, okay, this album is like five songs too long. And the really good songs are really good, and, and Taylor Swift is a, a very wonderful musician. But she doesn't have an editor to tell her, hey, shut the fuck up, you've gone on too long. And so I, I kind of get why oh, this okay, one, cool. because I do think it is more interesting to listen to. Also, two songs too long, at least. But I, I also think almost every album is is two songs too long. <laughs> so Okay, they got Random Access Memories on Amazon. Oh, there you go. It looks like the there's like more than one collector's edition. That's what the collectors fight over. Oh, that's great. Um, so okay, earlier we talked about how "Get Lucky" was kind of the, um, the one hit wonder of the album. Yeah, that's not the right term, but you know what I mean. I, <laughs> I, I just I, so it's it's almost I, it it's not ruined the song for me. I can listen to it and still enjoy it. But I feel like the catchiness of it uh, turned it into Gangnam style. <laughs> That's an interesting way to look at it. So I'm on YouTube. I type in Get Lucky parody. And there's a Get Bloody, which is a song about the Happy Wheels Flash game. There's Get Data, which is a science song. There's Get Loki by the Avengers. Oh, my God. Um. There's uh, Kentucky. I, I like there are so many uh, oh 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 <laughs> there's a there's one where they swapped beats two and four so it sounds all disjointed and weird okay i want to listen to that but first <laughs> i wanted to send you this one here where someone used a learning ai to do uh mordecai spongebob and peter griffin singing get lucky oh god y you can listen to two seconds of this and get it but yeah 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 I say, oh God, as if he is here present in this video, because he is not. Like the legend <laughs> of the phoenix. <laughs> Our ends with beginnings. 
what keeps the planet spinning. Ah, the force from the beginning. Why is it so like? Okay. So like, that's well done. <laughs> I'm on. I'm upset, but it is well done. <laughs> Here we go. We get lucky, but the two and four beats are swapped. Now this is the this is the uh, listening to a bunch of things crashing that I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good as the uh, Dragon Force one. Oh, do you have the captions on? I love how he tried to close caption it too. It, but it's like it, it, he forms words. It's just I don't know. So it, it's it's fun that people use this as a template and an ingredient in their fun. But also it's one of these things where I I feel like I've heard this one a lot. It, it's weirdly my it was like my least favorite song on the album I think and just because I've it's one I've heard before and like probably frequently but also it's like the yeah, most and normal you know, song actually, on it I was I was kind of um afraid of uh well not necessarily afraid but it was like when um oops what did I do here when I recommended this album to you I was half like, are you even going to care because you've heard that song? Like, are you just, like, assuming the whole album is that? Yeah, I, I really didn't know what I, to expect. I was actually kind of excited to listen to it because I was like, I, I don't know what's going to be on this. I just know it's well-liked and it's, you know, a decade old and people have a lot to say. But that is Random Access Memories. Um, I'm glad you're able to appreciate it. Yeah. And then what? They died? Daft Punk's over by everybody. Yeah, that sucks. For for fans of Daft Punk, it just sucks that they're they're basically done. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like, that Tron soundtrack was really good. And they're making another Tron movie, and it's like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. No, no one else can do that. You gotta make sure you get them back together for that one. I wonder what they're doing because, like, you, if you're if you're this in this shit with music production and and songwriting, like, I can't imagine you stop, right? Like, you 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 enjoy the craft too much to do that. I, I literally do not know much about them at all. Like, I, I don't know. I, the, the part of it too, they're kind of secretive. Uh, they're kind of private. For all we know, one of these guys is actually just a still alive Michael Jackson. Like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, like, they could have day jobs where they're, like, doing music stuff all the time, and it's just, like, you know, one, you know once a once a month they'd get together and say, hey, I had this song about getting lucky. I call it Touch. And they'd sit down and write it. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I, I, I So I don't know. I'm sure there's some, like, super fans out there that are, like, frustrated at that, but I just listen to this one album, and I say, hey, that's all right by me. I think uh, I think this is another successful music club, Cameron. I I enjoyed this conversation. I agree. I do want to say I'm going to be listening to uh, more Halsey uh, even after the show is over. 
yeah, I, I recommend uh, I recommend trying the one album one more time now that you know what to expect and maybe uh uh you maybe you'll get a bit more out of it after hearing me ex- say things, but uh, you don't have to. I don't want to give you homework. But then her other stuff is quite good. I don't I'm not actually like in love with her very first stuff. I feel like she's still kind of finding things. She's a, it was a little safer as far as like the pop sound of that time goes and I don't know if she was doing um anything like totally unique or interesting. So, I don't know if I would recommend going any further back than um, Manic, but if you feel like it, you know, more power to you. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll explore a bit, I think. Do you have a Glad Space? Are we done? Yeah, let's wrap up with a good old Glad Space. Um, so, last week we kind of did, like, some E3 stuff. yeah. Um, there were more announcements and things. I do want to say, I think uh, uh, we didn't talk about Xbox yet. Uh, the I'm going to say the clear winner for the Xbox thing was Starfield. Did you see any of the Starfield presentation? I did not. So it's just it's Skyrim in space. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. OK, uh, I'm aware of I that mean, game. Yeah. Uh, but they did that thing where they actually like talked about and they showed examples of the game. Like it wasn't just a sizzle reel. It was like, here's how character creation is going to work. Here's some of the story. So now you understand how well, like the tone of the game. Here's what gun combat looks like. Here's what you can do with your guns to customize them. Here's your talent tree. This is what it looks like. And it was like all the you know the basically the questions people can I hope set their expectations reasonably. Because, man, there's something about these people on the internet that, like, if you show them a picture with a moon on it, they just imagine it's going to be the coolest thing ever. And, like, you can never make them happy. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad I don't follow game discourse anymore. It's, It's worth it's worthless. There's no reason to. Yeah, it just it gets in the way when I'm trying to find the stuff I'm looking for. But. Uh, I, I think it looks pretty fun. I think it looks interesting, and I, I think that it also just kind of looks like a normal video game. Like, some people are saying that it's too ambitious, and it's like, I'm not seeing that. I think it just looks like, you know, it's another Skyrim, but much bigger, because it's, uh you know, been a few years. Um, So, yeah, I, I'm not even sure that I would say I'm excited about it, but it was very fun to watch and, like, see all these details. Nice. That sounds cool. Yeah. I, you know, it's always fun when, like, a game comes out that people like and everyone's happy and talking about it. Because even though I'm not going to play it, like, I appreciate the the good energy that it brings, right? And the excitement. Yeah, and it's, like, with a lot of these RPGs where it's, like, very open-ended and stuff, I like to do stupid things, you know? And I think they're fully aware that that's how people play these games. Because there's this, like, presentation of the majesty of space exploration and how important your ship is and how you can get this powerful gun. Um, but then they also like they talk to the devs that are working on the game, and the one lady was like, "Yeah, I like to, I don't blow up enemy ships. I'll like disable their engines and board their ship so that I can like commandeer it, and then I steal their sandwiches." And then there's like video of her not only taking a sandwich, but then taking it back to her ship and putting it on a pile of sandwiches that she has in the cargo bay. And and that's the part where it's like, wait, that's how I play Skyrim. Like I okay, they 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 understand it. And now I know what this game is. 
Hell yeah. Or like there's another guy too where he just levels up his unarmed combat and there's just a montage of him punching every alien he sees. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, yeah, and it's like you don't see that stuff in trailers anymore. Like the new Cyberpunk DLC trailer, it's trying so hard to think this is the most epic story that's ever been told before. And it's like, calm down. And then you watch the Starfield trailer and it's like, I'm going to punch that guy. And then like, it's a low gravity planet. So when I uppercut him, he flies away further and it's kind of funny. And it's like, all right, thank you. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. That's my glad space. Um, my glad space. I've been, uh, I've been enjoying this, uh, YouTube channel at work on my lunch break called tank the tech. He is a, uh, a mu- he's a music guy. He's been in the industry a long time. He used to do like sound stuff, uh, merch. Uh, now he tour manages bands. He, he, you know, arranges like, hotel and buses and venues and all this stuff and and so he does videos on the music industry um from that side of things he's got a couple breakdowns like like tour buses and how expensive those are and why so if you like music and you're curious about like how bands tour he's got a lot of really fun videos like explaining that shit and the money breakdown of it that you can kind of nerd out about he's got a lot of stuff i don't really care about where he's like reacting to songs or uh reacting to other videos so you know there's there's a lot of like fluff in here, but the, the the fun stuff is really neat. You know, like how much are bands really losing on days off? Because uh, someone in Megadeth is like, yeah, like if the days we don't play, we lose like $45,000. And he's like, well, that doesn't sound right. And, it, you know, based on what he knows about the industry, it wasn't. But you still lose money because you're paying all the people and you're not making any money because you're not playing. So there's some really kind of fun industry stuff here. If you if you like the music industry, I would say uh, Tank the Tech has has some really cool videos, and he's worth checking out. And he just seems like a really nice dude. Like he's he's a fun fun personality. Yeah, it sounds like a good find. I love YouTube for these like niche channels that you just can't find elsewhere. Yeah. Apparently, tour buses cost like two million dollars, which is why most bands do not own their own. And so you rent them. Yeah, there's <laughs> there, there, there's some stuff out there that costs a lot of money that people don't seem to uh, think about too much. And then like the cost to maintain them is really high. And, and most people probably don't know this, but like if you have a, a vehicle like that, that is going over state lines for business, there's so much DOT paperwork and, and like things you need to buy for that and keep maintained every year. Because we have a truck at work and like I take care of some of that paperwork. And for us, it's not too bad because we're basically just going to Minnesota as the farthest we go. But I think the further you go, the more stuff you transport, depending on what it is you transport. Like if you're transporting people, like those fees go up and you need to have all of these certifications. The truck needs to be inspected by specific entities and, and like pass these inspections and those are expensive. And so owning owning a truck or in this case, owning a tour bus, like it's not just two million dollars. It's $2 million plus all the shit every year you got to pay. I have no idea how a lot of these bands make money that tour because the cost to do it is insane now that I've watched a couple of videos. Yeah, um, there, there's a few things that are crazy how expensive like the reality of it gets. And it's like, I, I feel like uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, I've been playing Stellaris again. Okay. And with these simulation games, like it, sometimes it gets to a point where 
at late game, it's really funny to you that like you used to worry about how much uh, energy you were making because you had like 10 energy points and you like fought tooth and nail for one more power plant. So you could have 11 energy points. And by like late game, you have like 200 and you're just like, you don't even check anymore. You just build five more factories or whatever. And there's that like exponential quality in some of these games, but it's like reality is like that too. And people lose track of that like really fast. Yeah. Because, and you look at this too. What's like, that name again? Uh, Tank the Tech. Uh, channel. Tank the Tech. That's a good find. Because then you look at bands that are big enough where they're taking like four or five tour buses because they have a whole crew of setup people like Pyro and and all this stuff. And they're taking trucks with them as well to haul the, the stage equipment and the special lighting um, and speakers that they need for their set. Like really big bands. It's, it costs them millions and you know, of dollars get expensive. to go on tour. Yeah. And it's like, you know, these tickets uh, cost a lot. And sometimes people ask why. And it's like, well, because <laughs> it costs money. Because <laughs> renting a bus is, can be $1,400 a day. Not, you're not paying it's the not driver. It's not just the talent. Man, I think, I think we had a decent show. Um, I don't know if we want to head out. It's been a... It's been a hot 100, 100, 100, not a 60 minutes and nine minutes added together, 69 minutes. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I think it was fun to listen to some good old stuff. Yeah, we did it. Um, I guess that's all, though. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>